Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you too, Bear. This is the premiere episode of the Bear and Kura podcast. To start, we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and answer a few questions. What's your first question, Kura? Why do you call me Kura? There is a banner over there on the wall from the Notre Dame football team. You're a big Notre Dame football fan. Yes. And the banner says, play like a champion today. Well, you are my champion, and um, the word champion in Irish is Cura. Um, They say that couples who have names for each other do better. Couples that have their own idioms and expressions are more successful couples, and uh, I think that this is definitely a a thing for us, and it works, and we're going to continue to do it. I agree. Why do you call me Bear? Well, obviously we're part of the gay community. Part of the gay community is the Bear community. Uh, You kind of fit that stereotype of a bigger man, uh, Harry. But it's just, uh, I, I don't refer, it sounds funny, but I don't call you Bear. I call you Bear. It's kind of different. It sounds silly. It, it's just a nuance in the way that I call you Bear. But like you said, it's they're not pet names. They're names for each other. They're endearing terms that we use for each other. And it's an easy way to get your attention in a public place. And you're my bear. Even like when we go to a restaurant, where uh, we have to place an order and pick it up, we'll ask what what's the name for the order, and I'll say bear. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose if my name was actually bear, like Bear Grillis, that would make more sense. But sometimes we get some quizzical looks. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, I don't always speak very plainly. So... People will often say or ask what that is. I remember one time a woman asked what name on the order, and I said bear, and she put it on the ticket, and it said B-A-R-E. Mm-hmm. Or the one time when they called out your name and they said beer. Beer, beer. yes. So I don't think it's that you're, you, you're very quiet. You're not... A loud individual, so you're very soft-spoken, and I think that's why sometimes they have a hard time gathering what you're saying. So, Especially in a, a noisy atmosphere. Yes. How long have we been married? Uh, it was six years this past May 30th. Coming up on six, seven years. But, uh, like, um, I don't know if you're aware or not, but this coming November 18th, we've known, we will have known each other for ten years. We would have met 10 years ago this November 18th. It does not seem that long ago. Mm-mm. And how do you remember such fine details like that? I 
it's odd. I have a weird memory like that. I can recall weird things like that. I can remember conversations with what people were wearing, where the conversation took place, who was all there. It's just kind of strange. I joke with people that, yeah, I used to consume a lot of beer, but I still have a pretty good memory because I can remember odd things like that. In fact, didn't we get married just right after the Supreme Court decided that it was legal? It was shortly before. We got married May 30th, and the the Supreme Court uh, federally recognized it sometime in early July. I'm, I'm a terrible gay person for not knowing the exact date, but I remember you actually calling me at work in tears because you were so excited that it was federally recognized because you never thought that you would ever see this in your lifetime. And it was a very monumental time in any gay person's life to be viewed as equal. I suppose that's true because it was um, legal in our state for a few months before it was federally recognized. But we got married almost immediately as, as soon as it was available to us. Yeah, you, 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 we were together for a few years, obviously. Uh, you proposed to me on Valentine's Day. And I said, yes, of course. And do you remember how you proposed? Yes, I um, bought a lottery ticket on Amazon that said, it was a scratch-off ticket that said, will you marry me? Yeah. And because I have... Amazon set to send me announcements when things are shipped. Uh, we were in the car, and we have Alexa in the car. When they shipped it, it says you you have a shipment arriving, uh, arriving in its uh, proposal scratch off ticket or we, something. We were driving to Dylan's. It and gave it, a complete and, description and of and what it said um, such and such. Um, your will you marry me has been delivered <laughs> and you were yelling at the car Google stop Google stop <laughs> uh, it was rather amusing but I was still surprised well I guess you were surprised then you weren't surprised when you scratched off the ticket because uh, the cat was already out of the bag <laughs> on that what was your first impression of me Okay, we met uh, through a uh, a hookup app. I believe it was called Growler. Something like Grindr, but it was for the bear community. And um, we thought pretty much it was just going to be a hookup. That's all it was. But I remember... When you took your shirt off, I, there's something in my head says this guy is is interesting, and um, as after we talked, you you're even more interesting, and um, you're a very handsome man. I, I know you you don't always believe that or want to believe it, but it's true, and. That was my first impression of you. It was a very good one. What was your first impression of me? Uh, I can. I remember meeting you because we met at a. We we set a place to meet, 
And I remember you're like, I'm going to wear a hat that says bear. And I remember walking into the bar. I was watching football with my friends all day long. I'm a big sports fan. And I remember walking in and looking at you at the end of the bar. And I was like, oh, hot damn. I was like, yes, he is a bear. And I was just incredibly enthralled with you. Um, you're very sexy. You're very sexy then. You're very. You're even more sexy now. I don't know, but like you said, it was supposed to be a hookup, and look, look where we are now. I mean, it, it wasn't too long before it was. It, we knew it was going to be more than that. No, no, it was. We tried to keep our distance. I remember having a conversation after coming over. After, because we we met, it was a Sunday night. Saw each other like two or three more times that week, and I remember you sitting me down. It was that Wednesday, actually. You sat me down, and you're like, okay, this is fun. But we, you know, this is just a hookup type thing. We're not, you know. And then I think it was two days later, you called me up, and you're like, I want to talk to you. And we talked, and I think you told me people at work have never seen you so happy. And I was enthralled at you at that moment, so I was so happy that you said that to me, because I really didn't want to break it off with you. Um, so yeah, I mean, after that, we kind of, we've been together ever since. Through thick and thin, and there was, there was a few times early in the relationship that were extremely challenging. Yeah. When you ended up in the hospital because of your diabetes and you had your leg amputated, it was, it was a tough time. But I met all of you. I met your mother at that time because yep. she came into town, and I met all of your friends. I remember I came into the room, and there was like nine people in the room who loved you. And I, I don't think, well, I was kind of rude to them because I said, "Could you all please leave for a few minutes so we could be alone together?" But um. You you dealt with the amputation pretty well. Yeah, I, I I think I dealt with it pretty well, but I had such a good supporting cast. I had you, I had my friends. My mom obviously was in town. I think uh, I was kind of in denial in the beginning. I remember when it kind of all hit me when I got back to the apartment about probably about a week and a half after we got amputated. My mom was still in town. You weren't there. It was it was early. I think it was sometime during the week, and I just lost it. Just lost it. I was throwing things around. I got mad. I think I tripped. I was in my walker, and uh, I joked with my mom. I said it was a good thing those walls were concrete because yeah, I was pretty upset, rightfully so. And my mom, you know, she knows how I am, so she just kind of got up and walked out of the apartment and was like let me do my thing. And after I got it out, I was I was there, you know. Uh, but yeah. Um, I think I handled it pretty well. It's had, like you said, it's been had, we've had our ups and downs, but when that happened, I think that may. I knew you were there for the long run. I knew it was kind of like an epiphany. Like you were there no matter what. If you could, if you could deal with all my friends, my mom, and me losing my leg, that you weren't just some flyby night thing. Well, I think that's interesting because it never occurred to me that. I would be that, that there would be anything. How do I put that? Um, 
uh, I mean, we, we were obviously very much in love, and uh, I, I wasn't going to end that because you lost your leg. Yeah, but I mean, it's, sometimes big problems like that can separate people. I mean, there's smaller problems that people go through, and they, they give up on each other, and... I don't know. I was, I was just, you know, I was getting out of a pretty bad relationship with a, a pretty talk, to- really toxic relationship. And I don't know. I guess I was pretty jaded, you know. Uh, I guess that that just really proves the level of love that we have for each other. Yeah, without a doubt. Even though we are just so totally separately different. Oh, uh, complete polar opposites. Complete. Uh, th- there is, there is nothing that. That that we're the same in. But people are amazed at how well we do with each other. Uh, people who know you, people who know me, comment that that we couldn't be any more different. Oh yeah, constantly. Yeah, I mean, my coworkers always constantly. Compliment you, compliment me, compliment our relationship. But yeah, we, we are completely different, completely different interests. But I guess our biggest interest is in each other. Yeah. And we compliment each other. My strengths are your weaknesses and your strengths are my weaknesses. So, you know, together we make a, a pretty good team. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, what's our secret way of saying I love you? We both do it, and we seem to do it when the other person needs it the most, I think. We basically, I basically put our, our right hand over our hearts and just look at each other. And it's, you know, it's our way of saying I love you in a public place without saying it out loud, but it's, it's our way. And I think it's more sincere than just verbally saying it. It makes me smile and warm inside. Sounds hokey. Every time that we do do it, though. It does. It is very heartfelt when our eyes lock. Yeah. And our hands go over our hearts like that. And um, it has its advantage that you could do it in a very quiet place that would be disruptive. Yes. And we can do it in a very loud place where we can't even hear each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's, it's like our secret handshake. Yeah. I guess it's another idiom that we have developed. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our our names for each other. Yeah, our our secret language, and it works well for us. I I yeah, think. I think so too. What um? What's your favorite joke right now? What is my favorite joke? Okay. What is the stickiest substance in the universe? What is the stickiest substance in the universe? A stick. <laughs> God. <laughs> Okay, got me again. <laughs> what do you think we should talk about in future episodes? Uh, one of my biggest interests, sports. I don't think anybody could be a bigger sports fan than you are. Uh, there's probably some out there, but I don't know many. If there's any kind of sports on TV, you'll watch that o- over anything else. Yeah, yeah. I'll admit that. Readily, I'll admit that. You joke, if there's a ball in it, I'll watch it. And not even if there's a ball. I mean, you watch 
watch swimming, you watch skiing. Yeah. And um, Olympics are on, I'm in hog heaven. <laughs> you can't see me in this podcast, but my eyes just rolled at the mention of the Olympics. Oh, you probably heard them roll. <laughs> and it's not necessarily just Olympics, because it seems like any kind of competition, you you, you seem interested in it. Yeah. There was a, a game show, uh, what was it called? College Bowl. College Bowl, which was really... Like a a trivia or a, a, a knowledge competition, you know, where they would ask questions and these college kids would answer it, and you watch that. Yeah, and that's not really a sport. No, but obviously you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a competition. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I watched Jeopardy, which you despise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I don't care for Jeopardy because. There'll be important questions, you know, like who discovered that the earth revolves around the sun and they'll get that wrong. But they'll ask a question like, um, how many balls of lint did Napoleon have in his pockets when he died? And they'll get that answer right. Yeah, it's kind of silly. It's silly trivia. Uh, and especially the way they word it sometimes. <laughs> so I, I find it annoying. But then I don't like any kind of games. No. I, I mean, not really any. Not video games? Nothing. N not board games? Uh, I, I never really have. As a child, I played games with my sister because she wanted to play games. And, you know, it was, it was just my sister and I. But I've never, never cared for games, especially Monopoly. So boring. I, I think there is a perception that computer programmers like me i'm a, that's that's my profession that all computer programmers are gamers but that's definitely not true for me i don't care for video games at all absolutely yeah you no interest whatsoever whereas which i play video games i play every friday with friends from back home in new jersey and that's definitely a minority opinion i think i think most people like video games. I think most people like games of some kind. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know if it's the competition or I don't, I don't think it's all the competition. I, I think I don't, it just seems like a waste of time to me that I could be doing something productive. Yeah, that could be it. We'll probably also talk about Star Trek. Yeah. Because, uh, Star Trek is a really big thing for me. Very big. I am an original Star Trek fan. I watched the original episodes back when it was on once a week in the evenings. There was a time when my mother wouldn't let me watch because there was an episode called Arena, which had a big lizard guy who was fighting Captain Kirk, and she thought it would scare me, but... I loved the show, and when it went into syndication, I could watch it every afternoon after school, and it just became a part of my DNA. So that's something I'm pretty sure we'll talk about. For instance, I'll probably ask you questions about things I don't understand about sports, and you can ask me questions about what you don't understand about Star Trek. Sounds good. Um, we'll probably talk about gay marriage. Yeah. We talked about our, Gary, our marriage a little bit already. Mm -hmm. 
it, it's something that I never thought I would ever see in my life. Yeah, neither did I. Just a, a, a really totally surprising thing that I think most gay people would say they really never expected to see it in their lifetime. We'll also talk about diabetes. Yep. We're both diabetic. Yep. Type 1 and type 2. I'm type 1, you're type 2. A lot of people probably don't know the difference, but they're treated about the same. I think there's quite a lot to cover there. Um, we'll talk about disabilities. Mm -hmm. We should also talk about our smart home, being it's kind of related to disability. We have a lot of smart devices in our home that yep. turn on the lights. Heat. Turn, on turn the, heat. the air, yeah, heat and the air conditioner and everything on. I think that has a lot to do with your little Star Trek, though, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. I definitely am living in a Star Trek future where I can say, turn on the light, and it comes on. Yep. Um, and when you have a disability, it, you also, you don't have to get up with a walker or get up with the, the scooter. The scooter. To turn on the light, you can just say "turn on the light." And yeah, it, comes it does on. make thing a lot, things a lot easier. And I think we should talk about AIDS and survivor's guilt. Yes, I think everybody knows what AIDS is—the the global pandemic. Survivor's guilt is a little bit more of a complex topic. In the late '80s and early 90s, up until Y2K, I ran a gay computer bulletin board system called the Lands of Oz, spelled A-W-E-S. I had a lot of resources of information. My bulletin board exchanged information nightly with the other gay bulletin boards in the United States. This was before the internet, when your computers connected to each other over the phone lines. And um, I had access to all these resources, and other people in town didn't. So I opened the gay information line, and um, the number was listed in the phone book, and people could call if they had questions about anything, if they needed counseling. Most of the people were visitors from out of town wanting to know where the gay bars were. But... Um, there was all kinds of information available. And um, I worked with a lot of really great people who were people who had AIDS. And all of those people are dead now. That's heartbreaking. I'm the, I'm the only one left. They, they call that survivor's guilt. That's a topic that I think we should cover in the future. I think so, too. Well, that's probably enough for our first episode. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. This is Bear. And this is Kura, signing off. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S.